0: Welcome to Max Volume, where we deliver loud takes to soothing decibels. I am your host, Maxwell Lewis Sanders, and this is episode 97. For those new listeners out there, Max Volume is a podcast that worships at the altar of pop culture, a place where the silly and inane are of the utmost importance. It's a pod where we discuss heavy topics like Vin Diesel's tank tops, Alan Ruck's nervous energy, and Helen Hunt's 90s appeal. No quote too minor, no side plot too small. There's a pod for the TV geeks and movie freaks. So welcome all weary travelers. Your boredom ends here. Before we delve into the topic at hand, let's start with five minutes of Seinfeld level daily observation. So I'm a little social media exhausted. I got off of it for like four or five months and it was great. I loved it. I love not being on my phone, not being addicted, but I'm starting to run this other podcast with me and my friend MG. We're doing this thing called buzz in the tower. It's like an eighties movie movie film worship podcast and we're really you know putting some time effort we got a website built we got you know advertising we got we got stuff going this is just me talking to a microphone for fun this is just my kind of practice fun ranting raving kind of thing this one is actually going to be a business and i think it could be really good because we're really fun together we just like talking predator ferris bueller's day off all that stuff but anyways of course we need to do social media stuff. And he's doing the editing of the podcast, which is a huge undertaking. I don't edit this at all. So I have no idea how to do it, nor do I wanna know how to do it. Editing seems like mindless and just drudging on. It seems like, you know, when you're an accountant or at a job where you kind of have to mundane, check things over and over again, that's what it feels like. Editing just seems terrible to me. So I took the other end of the straw and I have to do the social media stuff, blah. So I am looking at TikTok trends, Instagram research, and you know I'm doing 80s movie research. When do movies get released? Whose birthdays today? People love people's birthdays. It's like congratulations. It's Rob Lowe's birthday today. Like 500 people will be like, yeah, Rob Lowe. I mean, Rob Lowe is great looking and Rob Lowe fun. But like, people love birthdays in general. They just really do. And it's been kind of exhausting, and a little bit addicting. I think I'm doing okay with it. I actually made sure my Instagram app, I don't have it on my phone, I have to search through the app store to pick it back up so I can comment again. So it's like, I can't always go back to it. But I get I get why TikTok's so appealing to people. It is addicting. I'm watching these weird dances that people do. I sound like I'm 90 when I'm talking to my girlfriend, too. I'm like, there's a new dance with this song. And you know, they're moving their hips. And there's this ghost kind of swipe, but it's Michael Jackson. It's like, I don't really fully understand what's going on, but I understand why it's addictive. It's just, it's weirdly fun to watch. But hopefully you will not see me TikTok dancing. If anything, I like doing the splice over of like movie dubs, basically like what Dub Smash was a few years ago, where you can, you know, be Ferris Bueller and say a line. But it's hard It's hard to get the dub lips uh, exactly right, but I'll get there. I'll get there. But uh, <laughs> so I'm a little overloaded. That's why I haven't done... Uh, one of these podcasts in about eight days i feel i feel dry i feel you know i don't know this just feels what does it feel like it feels i don't know i'm just talking into the into dead air there's you know two or three people listening and i'm working on something that is building a lot more people so i don't know i'm leaving this behind a little bit but no no i won't I, i'll stay true to it because this fun it's just an expression and so i really wanted to express something that kind of just jarred me last night. So it was like midnight. I take my dogs for a walk. Usually I was exhausted. I was just tired. I worked out. Uh, but I was like, you know, I'll take the dogs for a 20 minute walk and, you know, get to bed right afterwards. And so take the girls for a walk, bone tired afterwards. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch 10 minutes of tenant again, because I just watched it last week for the first time. And I was like, you know, it's a really cool movie. Uh, I'll see what happens. I'll watch 10 minutes, just drift off to sleep. Two and a half hours later, I watched the whole movie again. So I wanted to talk about Tenet and how much I freaking love this movie and don't understand all the hate for it. So I'm going to try to explain what Nolan means to me, why people are harping for the wrong reasons, and why you need to appreciate kind of this generation's Kubrick. So I said that not kind of no. I said that unconfidently. It's this generation's Kubrick. That's what he is. Although I don't really like Kubrick, so <laughs> I mean, Tenant. I mean, uh, Nolan's more kind of digestible Kubrick, Kubrick to me. But let's just talk about Nolan for a little bit. Christopher Nolan. So all his movies. I started with Memento. I think it was in two thousand. Guy Pierce. The movie kind of goes in reverse, which oddly is Tenant too. So maybe it was the brainchild of how this all started, and. I don't know, he just has this technique of making movies where everyone's kind of serious, everyone's pretty cool. These muted colors, everything looks like a million dollars. Like every scene looks like it costs a million dollars. Everyone on screen is the most hyperly cool person you've seen in your entire life. And I just, I like the style of movie making. It doesn't need to be realistic. It can be difficult to understand. He's not holding your hand. He's taking you in the deep end and he hopes you swim with him. So just just let it be. Like His movie's like The Prestige. I mean, that's a complicated movie that doesn't fully make sense the first time around. Following his first movie, which is a black and white kind of film noir movie, great movie, again, hard to understand. Insomnia, you know, half of it's... I mean, I mean that movie is just based on going insane because it's super light out all the time, like 24 hours a day in Alaska. It's Robin Williams, Al Pacino. It's great. And I mean, so... His movies are always kind of on the darker side, but beautifully shot. And then you got the Dark Knight trilogy, which is incredible. I mean, Joker. I mean, like, the Dark Knight, with the Dark Knight, which is the second one, is basically his rendition of Heat, but Superman edition, or like superhero edition. And, you know, Heath Ledger's Joker I've talked about. Ad nauseum, and Bane, you know, Tom Hardy. I just, I love both of those guys so much. And so, I mean, I'm just going through, I'm going to go through his whole film collection. Screw it. So Inception, yeah, again, hard to understand, but beautifully shot, fun, it's a dream world, just go with it. You know, you just gotta feel his movies, you don't need to fully dissect them. Like it's not, it's not a test. There's not questions you answer at the end where it's like, oh, I got a 82 out of 100. I feel sad about it. It's like, no, you don't need to understand everything. Just go with it. Like, the best dreams you have, you don't remember 60% of it, but you're just like, man, that was a good dream. And he's like, you know what? Just appreciate what it is. Like, you don't have to analyze everything. Interstellar, very complicated. Again, he's very fascinated with time travel and kind of passing through time at different, in different ways than just the linear forward time. So Interstellar, you know, it's about space travel and saving the human race. And so, I mean, his general concept for movies is basically... Everything's hugely important. There's a huge intent and a huge obstacle. Usually it's humanity kind of folding in on itself and dying because we messed up. And then it's about how these heroic people try to risk their lives to kind of save the day. And that's what Tenet is. It's, it's, it's a James Bond movie that's $200 million. I mean, and it looks more expensive. It looks like the yacht they're on alone costs $200 million. Or they, I mean... I mean, there's, there's so much money on this movie. And it's just like every shot feels like I should be paying him 10 bucks just to be watching it. And it's not that confusing, okay? It's not like everyone's like, I don't get it. I mean, it's hard to hear the people and what they're saying. And they're wearing masks most of the time. And, you know, for, time goes forward and backwards. And it's confusing. It's not. It's a secret agent movie. when there's an evil Russian billionaire like every Bond movie. And, you know, the guy, uh, Seder, Andre Seder is just chewing the scenery. He's like, a nuclear arms dealer, basically, who's working with the future to destroy the past. So it's, it's time travel spies. like. And they say 20 minutes into the movie, the guy, I love that the main guy is called the protagonist. It's played by John David Washington, Denzel Washington's kid. And they don't give him a name. But he's trying to understand what tenant is and what this time inversion is. And one of the doctors just looks at him and goes, don't try to understand it. Feel it. And That's what you need to do. I think that I mean, I think that's the largest wink that Nolan is supposed to give to the audience. He's like, You're not gonna really fully get what's going on, but how about you enjoy it? And especially I can't imagine it. I saw this, you know, on my 55-inch home screen. I am in an IMAX theater with great sound and all it would have blown my ears clean off, like in a good way. And everyone in this movie is just at their best. I think Nolan in general makes people the coolest version of themselves. Like if I wanted to be in a movie where 200 years from now, I want people to remember me for a certain reason. Like, man, that guy was awesome. Like, I want to be in a Christopher Nolan movie. Like, everyone's well-dressed. I mean, there's like $3,000 to $5,000 tailored suits. Everyone's charming and British and smirking. And it's actually kind of funny, too. Like, they they rib each other. They have fun with each other. There's jokes. There's a little bit of laughter. And, I mean, so Robert Patterson Patterson is playing Neil, uh, who's kind of John David Washington or the protagonist's partner, And his charm is just up to a billion. He's wearing these scarves. He's got great suits. He's just like smirking and just, I mean, that jawline. And he's got like a five o'clock shadow and he's drinking. And just, it's kind of like Tom Hardy's character in Inception, basically. So he just knows how to make people James Bond and fun. And like I said, there's custom suits. There's huge yachts. There's car chases and huge set pieces. Like in one scene, they crash a 747 jet into a high-end Freeport art warehouse, which if you don't know, an art port warehouse is where at the airport you can hold your like $50 million Monet painting and view it, but you don't have to pay taxes on it when you travel it over. So it's like this huge thing. I learned about it in Billions of Show. You should watch Billions too if you haven't watched it. Bobby Axelrod rules, Team Axelrod. But uh, I mean, oh, so, so freeports. So they, they knock a, a 747 jet into it. While the jet is holding like a ton of gold and is they blow a bomb in the back of the jet and gold is leaking out on the tarmac while this plane actually crashes into a warehouse and who else can do that in a movie and they do it well and it's elegant and fun and it's like it's basically like oceans 11 times a thousand and yes the movie goes forward and backwards like you know some people are running in reverse sometimes people are forward in time. Some people are going backwards in time. And like when you're fighting rather than punching it, like the punch comes back or they get shot from a bullet. That's already in a hole. Like it's the, the holes in the wood, but the bullet zoop, you know, comes out of the gun and back into the gun holster and it can kill someone that way. And, Yes, it's hard to think about if you actually try to analyze it, but let go. It's like some of the best action scenes I've ever seen. Like the bulletin version is just so freaking cool. People backflipping backwards while some people are going forward. I mean, there's a I mean, John David Washington, the protagonist uses a cheese grater to kind of like grade someone's face off. They're doing these weird flips. I mean, there's an opening scene. I love that. I mean, it's just like the Dark Knight in the opening scene where the bank robbery, in this one, it's an opera house opening scene and you have no idea what's going on. There's just terrorists kind of uh, trying to destroy an opera house and kill everyone inside while cops and CIA people try to infiltrate and you're not sure who's on what side. And yeah, it's six minutes where you need, you're need you confused, but guess what? Be okay being confused because it's entertaining. Like, yeah, you're gonna see this multiple times. You're not gonna catch everything the first time, I promise. So just go with it, just feel it. and. Oh my God. It's just so, I mean, it, yes, it makes your head hurt, but it's not that hard. Like it's very cool. Neil, uh, you know, Robert Patterson's character is, you're always wondering like, how did he get recruited? He's got a master's in physics. He seems to understand things a little bit better than he's really leading on because he's supposed to be kind of the newbie in this. And by the end of the movie, you realize that the protagonist, his older version recruited Neil, you know, 20 years in the future. And, He's been working with the younger version of the protagonist the whole time. And at the end, they say, oh, my God, I just love this so much. That Neil says, this is the end of a beautiful friendship. You know, it's doing the Casablanca, but in reverse. It's like, this is the last time he's actually going to see him, but he's going to be trained and recruited by him in the future, by future protagonists. Like, I just, it's not that hard to get, okay? Like, the general, the broad brushstrokes you can understand. Like, it all tracks. You can really understand it. And they do a lot of explanation, too. Like, they explain how time works, that you shouldn't touch yourself in the past because the particles will make you explode, that it's the scientists in the future are trying to destroy the past because the world's dying. So we messed it up. So if you kill everyone in the past, maybe the future continues on in a way where the world is un. untethered to the past and what we are mistakes okay that's a little confusing see if you get into the rabbit hole of all if you get to the reddit of it all yeah you're going to be confused but you don't have to it's just there's a lot of humor there's a lot of charm there's a lot of action gun battles heists i mean there's a huge war scene at the end that rivals anything in dunkirk they're just at this war complex to get the algorithm of inversion of time and they're fighting both forward and backwards so it's like the version of you forward is fighting one way and the version of you backwards is fighting another way. And like the explosions that happen rather than a building exploding and crashing on you, the rocks are coming back to the building and they can possibly slam on you as they go back into the building. So cool. And I just, no one ever panics. Everyone's cool under pressure. And I mean, there's a car chase scene where there's like four major, like uh, there's a fire truck, a 18 wheeler, a BMW, and they're trying to collapse against this, Uh, kind of Brinks truck and steal something inside. And there's cars driving backwards as fast and as maneuverable as they would be forward. I don't know how they do that, by the way. I I need to definitely need to know that because it looks like they're going hundred miles an hour both ways. I'm like, how do they do that? It's incredible. And yeah. And they even explain like if you get in an explosion during inverted time, it means that you're going to freeze to death rather than be exploded in fire because everything's inverted or that you can't breathe the air from the if you're inverting and going backwards the air molecules won't go in your system so you have to wear an oxygen mask like i get it i get it and they 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 explain they spend half the movie explaining stuff and it's just these charming smart people explaining stuff in a room like a grandfather paradox like if you went back in time and killed your own grandfather how would you exist to do that act because you did it before and it's like i don't know and you know these are real topics that uh that physicists deal with. Physicists deal with. So, just I don't know. God, this movie's awesome. Okay. So just everyone who thinks it's bad, shut up. And Andre Seder, the really bad guy, the evil, you know, Russian billionaire who is abusive to his wife. In the end, they even drop this weird thing where it's like maybe he wasn't that bad overall actually because he's saying in the future global warming killed everything. So they're gonna the people in the future are destroying us so we don't mess up the world so that maybe their world will be saved and they'll still exist. Like, that's not a terrible thing to do. Like, he kind of has a little bit of a saving grace, but he's abusive to his wife and he's a terrible guy. So, screw him. So, has a brutal death, too. Oh, my God. His neck, like, hits against a ship and just kind of just goes wonky. And, like, his neck almost extends out. I'm not, I am not wonder if that's how it happens when you actually fall off a ship and, like, you break your neck. It, like, grew, like, three, four inches. It looked like a giraffe's neck. It was brutal. And... I don't know, I just really like this movie. So if you want an analogy of what this movie's like, if you've seen the movie The Prestige, Christian Bale's character, Alfred Borden is this magician that's too good at what he does. So in real life, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen The Prestige, uh, Alfred is a twin and he doesn't tell anybody. He's just like, he's committed to magic so that he can do tricks that would just... I can't be explained by any other reason that maybe he had a twin, but no one's thinking that. So he has this ball trick where he gets behind a door and like bounces a ball and he uh, op- closes the door. And then on the other side, he picks up the ball as him. And you're like, how did he do that? Like, there's no section dividing them and there's one second between them. Like the, the magic trick is too clean. So people don't fully understand how brilliant and unbelievable it is, except other magicians. That's what this movie is. Okay. It's so brilliant. It's so well done. It's so seamless and perfect that it almost looks easy. So people are like, Oh, this looks too easy and it's too complicated. I don't get it. You know what? You don't get it because you're not trying and you should just enjoy the majesty of someone who has a complete control over the form of directing. Like there's a scene where they bungee jump backwards up into a kind of a penthouse mansion and I'm not sure if it's CGI or if they actually did this, because I don't think the laws of physics allow you to bungee jump from the ground all the way up. So, and climb up a building, but it looks like it actually happened. And like I said, the cars in reverse. And I mean, it's just, there's just so many multiple viewings needed, like even tracking shots or minor moments. Like, you know, you're watching a Christopher Nolan movie. It's just utterly beautiful, utterly fantastic. Random Michael Caine sighting at a fancy restaurant being snobby Aaron Taylor Johnson being a badass time space general, basically. He's the dude from uh, Kick-Ass and Godzilla. And the music is just, I mean, it's just fantastic. It's weird. It's tense. It seems like a little insane and twisted. It's almost got that kind of Joker from Dark Knight uh, kind of vibe to it. And it's, th- I mean, the music's by Ludwig Gorison, who's also done the music for The Mandalorian, Black Panther, Creed. Just really fun, creepy, bizarre movie that it just, it feels like Nolan. And like I said, don't don't try to understand it. Don't try to analyze it. Just just take a deep breath and feel it. OK, so that's tenant. It's awesome. I promise. Later.